Hello and welcome to the Kalo podcast. It's called Exposed. And that's exactly what we do here. We expose the truth about politics, culture, religion, and any other topic that you are looking to hear about. That's what we're here for. And today I have a question for you. Are we close to World War III? I mean, are we really close to World War III? We're going to talk about that in just a second. So what does this mean to us here in America? What does it mean, World War III? I'm not sure about you. But for me, watching all the violence and threats of more violence leaves me with a very uneasy feeling. Over my lifetime, we've had many wars, many incursions, many threats of war. But world war, we haven't really seen. I don't really know what that means. And the truth is, most of us alive today have no clue how a world war would disrupt our lives and change life as we know it today. I've had the expressed honor to speak with and interview many who lived through World War II and took part in World War II. The takeaway was more emotional and mind-blowing than I could have ever imagined. Uh, being a much younger man than I am now at that time, I truly didn't appreciate the impression that those conversations would have on me later in life. It was more at that time about curiosity and intrigue than it was to gain um, historical or cultural understanding. Some of those that I spoke with, some of those that I talked with, some of those who were parents and uh, relatives uh, who experienced World War One, really. I spoke with many who lived in, during the time of World War II, but who remembered and had family who experienced World War One. And I can tell you, these conversations helped to mold me into who I am today and into what I believe. The sense of loss and extreme violence of those times in history are mostly lost because of changes in the types of armaments used in warfare today, as well as advances in medical and battlefield critical care. But as each story unfolds, I was able to see and hear the struggle, and I began to feel the deep agony that was experienced by these survivors. And they all had one common thread about them. And that was at the time, they each had a sense of purpose. With the world literally falling apart around them, they each expressed in their own way a deep heartfelt sense that their life had meaning. And at the root of that was a purpose and a love for truth and freedom and justice, a passionate love 
for this great nation of America. Of course, back then, news traveled slowly and family and friends back home waited for any news of the war and the fate of their loved ones. It wasn't like today where we get instantaneous news. But there are some truths of war that have not changed, and that is the inevitability of death and destruction. The men that I spoke with were mostly reluctant to speak of the losses that they experienced, to speak of the emotional scars, but they were obvious. Decades later, these emotional senses and feelings were still very, very fresh in their minds. And the expressions of that pain was clearly evident as I watched their body cringe and watched them fight to hold back the tears. No sane human being wants nor desires war. Truly, only insanity or pure evil can embrace such horrors. And that leads me to where we are today. Where we are as a nation and where the world is, possibly on the brink of another worldwide war. How in hell did we get here? All of our education, all of our progress, all of our supposed moral inferiority, and we are now at the precipice of war. This is crazy. We have a huge rise of anti-Semitism across our country, and most of it emanating from our colleges and universities. That is a sad commentary on American values. How can a more educated society possibly embrace any form of hatred for its fellow human beings? We have a cultural problem. The majority of those calling for war or hatred do not have a true perspective of world history. To imagine how it's possible for a generation only 80 years separated from World War II, to be proponents of the very evil that their ancestors fought and died to defeat, drives me crazy. Yet, this is what we're now experiencing. Right now, before our very eyes, we have large groups of left-leaning individuals calling good evil and calling evil good. How did we get here? How? Well, most all our beliefs that we hold dear come from education or experience. And when we have organizations perceived as good, you know, kind of like United Nations spewing their hatred on a regular basis, it's easy for the uneducated to be fooled because all they hear is twisted rhetoric on a regular basis. And then it's, you know, spread about through fake media. When our colleges and our universities have far left neo-Nazi professors pushing their utopian dreams, they have the open sponge minds of students. And so the result is the students begin to believe what they're being told. After all, their parents don't know anything. 
None of this is a mistake, though, folks. This is the result of a planned, purposeful indoctrination of our children. But it's not just about us. We have an enemy. Iran and most Muslim countries who embrace evil, they hate America. We're the great Satan. And their hatred of Jews and Israel is because they're the little Satan. <laughs> Crazy, but that's what they believe. You may, as I did at first, I had difficulty really believing that there was such evil in the world, but yet here it is right in front of us. And in a second, I want to show you, or if you're listening, I want you to listen to the indoctrination for yourself. Now, these are Palestinian uh, child programs, and they're used to brainwash their young into hatred of Jews. Um, I don't know what else I could say. I guess we just need to listen. And here it is. We're playing the martyr game. The girls are giggling and laughing. The martyr is the beloved of Allah. The man asked, what are you playing? We're playing the martyr game. Crazy. We're playing this as my sister. She has to be the child martyr. We carry her and play. What do you tell her? The martyr is the beloved of Allah. The martyr is the beloved of Allah. That is a very sad indoctrination of children. So these young children grow up hating Jews, hating Americans, and they don't know any better. But when they turn out to be teenagers and commit vile atrocities against humanity, the reason is, is that they were brainwashed. It's crazy. Let's watch the second video. Very important. Here we go. Alu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. Allah is the greatest. The teacher says Prophet Muhammad is our model, and they repeat it. Jihad is our path, and they repeat it. The Quran is our savior, and they repeat it. Death for Allah is our sublime wish, and they repeat it. Wow. Blow up the Zionists. Strike, strike Ashkelon. Blow up the Zionist head. We are the daughters of Muhammad. Traitor, traitor, do not rest. Traitor, traitor, do not rest. Neither tank nor cannon, cannon will help you. The martyr's blood is precious to us. These are all young children and adolescents being brainwashed by these crazy people. This is what we're up against. And this, my friends, is why we are seeing the atrocities that we are around the world. <laughs> teacher, teacher, tell us what to do. <laughs> Alu Akbar, blow up the Zionist head. Blow up the Zionist head. Strike the city. Strike the city. Blow up the Zionist head. Wow. A very sad commentary on where we are as a world today compared to what the world was before. Listen to this third video. This is what's happening right now in Israel 
as we speak. These are the military brigades live from the battlefield. We have plundered them today. We broke into the military post, Najas. We took as plunder what we took, and we killed soldiers and stepped on their heads. You Israelis will see this with your own eyes. Look at this. They made it so that they can see that they stepped on the heads of the people and crushed their heads. And they're proud of this. This is what they are proud of. And Fatah released this without blurring it to maximize their exposure of horror to the rest of the world. This, my friends, is what we're up against. Now, if those veterans that I spoke with earlier in my life could have lived to see these videos, I can only imagine their reaction and their horror to such atrocities. That the evil that they fought to defeat and did has risen from the ashes of history due to the twisted beliefs of so many people. And today America is not standing as it once did in defiance of evil, but it has taken a weak position, a position that is slowly eroding, especially when it comes to Israel. And one that shows the weakness of our leadership here in America. And all this does is embolden our enemies. It gives them a desire to come against us knowing that we will relent if attacked. This is a very sad time in American history. And a sad time for all of us. But yet it is a time that we must recognize. See, it's not about our leaders as much as it is about us, you and I, we the people. And it's time that we the people stand tall once again and take back what is rightfully ours. How is it possible? You ask, let me tell you. All this has happened, all this craziness in our society and around the world has happened because we've been busy living life and enjoying life and we've not paid close enough attention to what our so-called leaders have been doing. Look at just a short three years since Trump has been out of office, how war has escalated around the planet because of weakness. When Trump was in office, there wouldn't dare have been an incursion into Ukraine. There wouldn't dare have been uh, the, these jihadists uh, coming after and uh, killing Israelis. There would never be the threat of China trying to take over Taiwan. It would never be North Korea trying to buddy up with Russia. Listen, they would have never done it on Trump's watch, but they do it now. We haven't been watching what they're doing around the world on so many different fronts. We've been asleep at the wheel, enjoying the comforts of this life, which we may soon lose. See, this has been like a chess game, except we had no idea that the game was for keeps and that we're the pawns in the game. We're the pawns in this match. And we have no say as to what's going to happen next. And that's unacceptable. Unacceptable to me, and I'm sure it's unacceptable to you. We have allowed our leadership to basically run around unchecked with a huge open tab to buy and to support and to do as they please. 
without any oversight whatsoever. See, the problem is now they're seeing that some of us are starting to wake up. Our government provides more money and support to illegal aliens than it does to its veterans. We give more and better medical, better education, better housing support to those who come to this country and hate us, who illegally come into our country and hate us, than we do to those um, who help to protect this nation, than to those of us, you and I, who are actually paying the bills. For some reason, the powers that be are driving America towards what looks like an inevitable world war. And there is no good scenario that comes out of this. There's never anything good that comes out of a war, let alone a war of the magnitude that may be right at our doorstep. Israel's war against Hamas brings very close the real possibility of drawing in other regional powers into this conflict. And that's going to have some very real-world implications to all of us. But yet, that's where we are. With Israel having ground troops now in Gaza, the neighboring Muslim countries are all watching, and believe me, they are planning. <clears throat> the problem is, no one seems to know what's going to happen next. Of course, that's the real world scenario. What if Iran decides to enter the war in a more direct way? See, usually what it does is it works through its underhanded terrorist players by funding them and supplying them with information and egging them on. But what if they really enter into this war? What will be our response? Well, knowing Biden and his weak administration, They'll bomb some, you know, empty buildings on the outskirts of some town somewhere and make it sound like they did a great thing as a way of just giving the media something to say that makes the administration look strong. When in actuality, they're just paving the way for Iran to do just as they please. So the world is heading into what I believe will be the most dangerous period in all of human history. You might ask why. Well, right now we have over 12,000 nuclear weapons in the world, enough to destroy the world, you know, thousands of times over. We can destroy most of humanity in the blink of an eye. The Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has repeatedly warned the United States about the dangers of a nuclear Iran but yet we have not heeded the warnings. We are the ones that have consistently given them money. After President Trump shut down Iran, Biden once again opened the doors. So now after this deadly attack of Israel in October of this year on the 7th, we can see that evil is not on sabbatical. In fact, they have been planning and plotting all along. And that should bring us great pause here in America, because for some reason we tend to think that, well, you know, if they're quiet, that means everything is good. That's foolishness. 
we're quiet here in America. And we don't realize that this is the calm before the storm. See, millions of American haters have now gained entry into America. And they're roaming about at will, planning only God knows what. They could be doing anything that they want because they're not under any restrictions. They're not under any watch. So we have Hamas's attack is clear evidence of Iran's direct involvement with supplying and funding these terrorist actions. So you would think the United States knowing this, that you know we should take a different stand on Iran, but yet we're not. So does this possibility of widening the war include Iran, naturally, because that's what's going to happen. If it widens, it will include Iran. Does that sound like a good idea? <laughs> well, let, let, let's look at it from a different perspective. What if we or Israel were to widen the war right now and include Iran? In other words, what if we make a preemptive strike against Iran? See, I would use this as an excuse to wipe out any armaments that they may have. Hey, they funded, they supplied the terrorists that did this atrocity in Israel. It's time we do something about it. After all, we know if a third world war were to start, it would start in the Middle East. And you could bet that Iran would be at the center of it all. So why wait for them to be the aggressors? I just don't get it. But there's another thing we need to remember. Since Biden took office, the resources of the United States uh, to achieve victory in such a war um, might be in question right now. Um, and that's the only thing that's holding me back from you know pushing this idea of attacking Iran. See, Biden and his entire administration knows that they have reduced our armaments, especially what we would need for an incursion into Iran. But Iran's not the only problem we face. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which began in February of 22, naturally, okay, after Biden took office, has been described more dangerous than anything Europe has seen since the end of World War II. And that was spoken about in Politico. And a large consideration is the fact that Russia has taken some heavy losses. So it just may be possible that Putin's feeling maybe a little backed into the corner. And, you know, when someone's backed into the corner, anything can happen. And with Putin, we never know. Hamas's attack on Israel surely, definitely, though, has muddied the waters and has brought more instability into the region than it has seen in decades. Now, we also have the Chinese. Now, the Chinese, in my mind, are actually the greatest threat to geopolitical stability. The growth and the modernization of China's military does have many of our military generals, including the military generals of, um, of Israel, very concerned because we don't know what China may be able to bring to the table of a world at war.
China has witnessed the weakness of the Biden regime. And they're witnessing the verbal support of Israel, but they also see the behind the scenes talk about trying to slow Israel's invasion tactics. And all this does is embolden China to basically go ahead and take Taiwan. After all, they flew a giant balloon into U.S. airspace and there were no repercussions to that action. And they know that Biden is nothing but a big windbag. He will do nothing to China because China is his friend. After all, that's where his son, you know, got some money from. The chances for reestablishing any stability between China and Taiwan at this point is nearly zero. Finally, we have the rocket man, North Korea, trying to establish closer ties with Russia. Listen, n none of this is bad in and of itself. But all this taken together is a serious sign that the world is in a place of great instability, the likes of which none of us have ever seen in our lifetime. Now, I want to tie this all together with one more thing. You've heard of artificial intelligence. AI is growing at leaps and bounds, reaching a point this year where basically, you know, like in the movie, you'll be self-aware. And that's right. That's what's happening. This is a very dangerous event in and of itself. But combine this with all the instability in the world and the possibility that some crazy madman can take AI and intervene in the world affairs of a war. Um, I mean, that could send us into a watershed moment. This is real. See, we don't have any idea what the crazy nations of the world are actually doing with AI. And we can't put it past them that one of them is crazy enough to try and automate nuclear weapons using AI. That's a frightening scenario. So what are we to do? Well, first, it's always good to plan and prepare. Let's face it, just in case something may occur, it's prudent to be prepared, at least yourself, your family, prepare with food, water, maybe other resources, batteries, you know, fuel if you can store that to some degree. There are a host of sites available today on the web that will give you ideas on what you could do to prepare in the event of something that may come and disrupt our way of life. Even if it's only for a few days or weeks, it's good to be prepared. But what if the worst should happen? What if the internet should go down or banks and food sources dry up? You may want to look at some deeper forms of preparation, things that you could do to keep you and your family sustained and prepared for an extended period of time. Then what we can do is what we should all be doing. You and I should not be silent any longer. For far too long, most of us have been silent. And if we, the majority of us, because that's what we are, we are the majority. Um, we're much larger than most people think. If we would just unite in such a way, we would become a grassroots movement to take back this nation. And I believe we could be successful. It all starts with becoming vocal to our neighbors, our friends, our family, our co-workers. See, I'd rather lose a few friends and family along the way in hopes of waking up a few than to sit back and do nothing. And listen, we cannot let the far left destroy this nation. It's time we right 
We call, we email, and we show up at the offices of our congressmen and senators. It's time we speak our piece about all that's happening. Now, I know some of you are thinking right now, most of you maybe, you know, uh, politicians aren't going to listen to us. L let me tell you, don't think that you don't matter. Because let me tell you something, your voice does matter. And even those who are on the far left, they want to be reelected. They want to be reelected. And if more of us can get together and get actively involved, let me tell you something, we can sway the few who are swayable to the side of reason long enough that we could take back some control. See, they will take notice and listen to the voices of the masses. Okay, now I'm not naive enough to think that suddenly the left is going to reverse course. That's not what I'm saying. But if we keep applying constant pressure to them, we will gain the attention of more Americans. And this movement then can make even a greater difference. Before I pass from this world, I want to leave a real legacy behind. And as Americans, we have a proud legacy. And I want my grandchildren and their children's children to, to live under the same freedoms that I enjoyed for most of my life. Should the Lord tarry, I want my great-grandchildren and great-great-great-grandchildren to enjoy the freedoms that America has to offer. It's up to you. It's up to me. So pass the word about this podcast to your friends. Pass the word to your co-workers and family and friends, and let's get moving. Let's get together. Let's make a difference. I look forward to seeing you again next week. This is Mike Kahlo. God bless America. Well, if you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire or watched the entire episode. And for that, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listened or watched. And do me a favor. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in the same topics. And also, feel free to let me know what topics you'd like to see covered in the future. You can get in touch with me in the comments or by you know social media networks. Thanks again for everything. See you next week.